good to have you here tonight, and a good special we heard from here tonight, and uh, let's go ahead and take our Bibles and uh, turn to 2 John and uh, chapter 1, because there's only one chapter, and I'd like to begin tonight's message by reading through 2 John. Here are the first six verses of this chapter, as we consider some more thoughts on motherhood here tonight. We looked at the role of motherhood this morning. And uh, we are going to look at the qualities of a model mother here tonight. And so, uh, Second John here, and we'll go ahead and start reading here the first six verses. The Bible says, The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us, and shall be with us forever, Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received commandment of the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we have from the beginning that we love one another. And this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning that you should walk in it. Tonight I'd like to look at a model mother and uh, before we do, let's pray together. Father, thank you, Lord, again for today. Thank you again for this chance. We can meet again tonight. And again, as we do meet, I pray that you would help us to uncover one of the model mothers of the Bible, one of the model mothers of history. Again, as we look at her tonight, Father, help us to see some good qualities in her that we should seek to strive for if we are certainly striving to be a godly and good mother. Again, bless this time as we meet again. Thank you so much for those who came to church this morning and are here tonight. Again, thank you for mothers and pray that you would bless them here today and tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, as we look at model mothers here tonight, I know there's some model mothers I believe we'll see in heaven someday. And there are a lot of different mothers that will make it to heaven and will be in heaven someday. And uh, again, as I think of model mothers, I think of Eve being the, the first mother, the mother of mothers, having no mother to know how to mother children. So again, that was a difficult task for her. I think of Job's wife. We don't know her name, but I do know this about Job's wife. She was a model mother. She went through much suffering, more suffering than most mothers will ever go through. She lost her children. She lost possessions. She had children again and was blessed the Lord. She certainly could be considered here tonight as a model mother. I think of Leah. She became a mother to Jacob and had six children. Six sons, that is, and one daughter, actually seven children. And her children make up half of the tribes of Israel. Leah certainly was a model mother. She took care of Benjamin, certainly after the death of of, uh, uh, Rachel there. But anyways, we find again others we can mention here tonight. Hannah, Sarah, Lois, Eunice, Elizabeth, Mary. The elect lady that's mentioned here in 2 John. These were certainly model mothers. 
the model mother here is just simply called, in verse 1, the elect lady. Doesn't give her a name, but talks of her children. And talks about John as he writes to her, the elder aunt's elect a lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. And not I only, but all they that have known the truth. And so this was a, a mother and her children that was known well for loving the truth and, and following the truth. It goes on in verse 4, it says, I... I rejoice, rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in the truth. And so this model mother here that's mentioned here in 2 John had her children walking after the truth. Again, there are many different mothers in the Bible that we can consider here tonight, but I want to go to a mother that we probably know her children more than we know her. We probably know way more about her children than we know her. We probably don't even know her or her, uh, her husband very much, even really by name. But I want us to take our Bibles and turn back to the, ex, uh, the book of Exodus and introduce ourselves tonight to this lady by the name of Jochebed, who is the mother of Moses and uh, Miriam and Aaron. She, I believe, is an example of the Bible of a model kind of a mother. I'm not saying she's the perfect mother, I do believe she was a special mother. And I certainly know from the scripture that she was a mother of three children that walked in the truth. They didn't walk perfectly in the truth, but they certainly did walk in the truth. And so let's consider her tonight as a model kind of a mother. Exodus chapter 6 and uh, verse number 20. It talks just a little bit here about her, her as a mother. And I just want to introduce you to her and uh, her husband here. Exodus chapter 6 and uh, verse number 20. It says, And Amram took him, Jochebed, his father's sister, to wife. And she bare him Aaron and Moses. Uh, and, and, the, and, and the years of the life of Amram were 137 years. And so it talks about here in the Bible, uh, Amram. And Jochebed, and she bare Aaron and Moses, and uh, the husband lived there 137 years. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 26. Numbers chapter uh, 26. Numbers chapter 26. They had three children, three special children, three children I believe they loved, three children they sought to raise for God, three children they tried to raise after the truth. And uh, again, as we look at them here tonight, and we look at her tonight, we look at her tonight as a model kind of a mother. Numbers chapter 26 and verse number 59. And the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, whom, he, whom her mother bare uh, to Levi in Egypt. And she bare unto Amram Aaron and Moses and Miriam, their sister. And so we find here in the Bible a little bit about this family made up of five members, Amram, Jochebed, Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. Again, as we look at this model, kind of a family, it's kind of a different kind of a family. I just want to mention that. Again, we're not going to go back there, but Exodus 6, verse number 20, it says, And Amram took Jochebed, his father's sister, to wife. So he married his aunt. Kind of odd, maybe. But through this situation, you find a special family. 
And so let's go back to Exodus chapter 1. I want to mention about this lady by the name of Jochebed. She was raised at a very dark time in history. And you might think we are in a dark time in history. And uh, in some ways, maybe we are. But again, we find here in the Bible a lady who was, uh, again, alive during a dark time in history. Let's pick up in Exodus chapter 1, verse number 6. It says, And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation, and the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceedingly mightily, and the land was filled with them. Uh, there rose a new king over Egypt that knew not Joseph, and he said unto the people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are now more and mightier than we. Come on, uh, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when they falleth out any war, they join unto our enemies and fight against us. So get them out of the land. Therefore they set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built the, uh, for uh, Pharaoh's treasury, cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were, they grie they were grieved uh, because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and brick, and in all manner of service in the field, and all their service wherein they made them to serve was with rigor. And so we find again uh, Jochebed here and and the history and timeline that uh, she grew up under. Again, it's a time where there were a lot of children being born. It was a time, again, where the children of Israel multiplying. There was a children time, and, and, and they were doing well in some ways as far as number and peoples, but they were being persecuted by Pharaoh and in Egypt. And so we find in the Bible uh, a dark time where she was born. And uh, again, we find here, again, an edict made that would, uh, again, change the way that they would deal with children during that time. Again, we go on here in verse number 15. It says, And the king of Egypt spake unto the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was uh, Shepherah, uh, and, and the other Pua. And he said unto them, When you do the office of the midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon their stools, if it be son, thou shalt kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. And the midwives feared God and did not, as the king of the Egypt commanded them, but they saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing, that you have saved the children alive? And the midwives said unto the Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore God dealt. Well, with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. It came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all the people, saying, Every son that is born shall be cast in the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. So it was a dark time in history. It was also a very deadly time in history to be born a boy at this time. And so we find this is a time when. This mother is going to have her first child. And uh, again, she's had children before this, but again, it's going to have another child. I say a first child, another child here, it says. And in verse 1, it says, Exodus 2, verse 1, it says, And there went a man out of the house of Levi and took his wife, the daughter of Levi, 
And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him uh, three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it uh, in flags in the river's bank. And, the, and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done unto him. The daughter of Pharaoh came to the wash herself in the river and her maidens walked along the river. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby wept and she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go up and call, the, uh, call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said, I'll take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew. And she brought him into Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And he said, because I have drew him out of the water. It goes on uh, more to talk about Moses here. But uh, we find here in the Bible this gal by the name of Jochebed. And she's a living during a very troublesome time, a very tart time in history. And uh, she's in a time in history where, again, someone must protect their children. Otherwise, those children might die. And uh, it says here in Exodus chapter 2, verse number 2, uh, something about this lady, this lady by the name Jochebed. The first thing I want you to, to consider here tonight about Jochebed that makes her a model mother is found here in Exodus chapter 2, verse number 2. She is protective. Exodus 2, verse 2. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. She hid him. Again, any mother who would want their child to survive during this time would have to hide their child. Jochebed was a protective mother. And again, we have sometimes, you see these around now today. I mean, I don't know when they started or anything. They have uh, sometimes on the front of a t-shirt, it has mama bear there. You ever seen that before? Or something along that lines? Mama bear there. Again, I think that again sometimes represents the mother in some ways, um, showing that she is protective. And it's certainly wise to be a protective mother. If you turn over to Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 12, uh, the Bible talks about a mother bear, a mother bear. And again, you don't want to mess with a mother bear, especially a mother bear that's ro uh, robbed of her children. Again, a mother bear robbed her children, again, naturally in nature is actually very dangerous. Uh, a mother bear without food, they say, is also very dangerous. I don't know if there's a correspondence between those two, but nonetheless, the Bible speaks of a mother here in Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 12. It says, let a bear robbed of her whelps meet a man rather than fool in his folly. Let a bear robbed of her whelps, again, her whelps are cubs, meet a man. And again, uh, we find here in the Bible, mother bear is protective. I believe a mother, again, is naturally protective of her children. A good mother will protect her children. The best kinds of mothers will protect their children. 
Again, uh, young children need protection. Let's turn to Romans chapter 16. What will she protect her children from? Well, let me mention here tonight, she'll uh, protect them from evil that might be in society. And that's a good mother. And I'm not saying, again, uh, all mothers are the same, and all mothers teach the same, and all have the same protections when it comes to information or things they might learn from society. But she's protective towards evil. Uh, Romans chapter 16 and verse number 19, the Bible says for... uh, uh, Romans 16, verse 19, says, For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad thereof on your behalf, but yet I would have you to be wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And so a mother bear, well, I mean a mother, or more mother bear here in a sense, could be in a position where she will seek to equip her children to be wise to that which is good and simple to that which is evil. You know, some people might look at mothers and say, well, you didn't teach your child enough. You should teach your children about this and that, all the things of life, etc., and, and certainly allow them to see this, that, or the other thing, and uh, allow for their minds to be consumed with whatever might be out there. Yet the Bible says this in, in, in verse 19, the last part of the verse, I would have you to be wise, uh, that which is good and simple concerning evil. Don't have to know all the evils that are out there. I'm sure I know more evil than most people know. I'm just saying, I've just seen a lot. And and mothers have seen a lot. But they're not there to bring all this kind of information to their children. There are evils in this world that really our children don't need to know anything about. There's certainly uh, sexual evils and other evils in this world that they don't need to know anything really about. It'd be best that they're simple towards those things. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. But you might need to be protective because there are evil men in society and you might have to teach your, your child some things about uh, what they might have to do if someone seeks to kidnap them or take them or do something bad to them in some kind of way. Or you might have to teach them about strangers. Don't just pick up and be um, you know, little miss nice girl to any guy that's out there on the street or in the world, you might end up in a hurt uh, as a result of that. We certainly learned that from Diana in the Old Testament. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse number 8, the Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And so there's a lion out, and a mother, I mean, I believe should act somewhat like a bear if she again is to protect her children. And she needs to guard them against evil information, evil in this world. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 10. Jeremiah chapter 10. Again, someone might say, well, your children are naive. Well, I hope they are a little bit naive when it comes to evil. They ought to be naive when it comes to evil. They should be wise to that which is good. They should be more informed about that which is good than really anyone in society that doesn't have the equipping of the Bible or the Scripture or the New Testament church to help them. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 2, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. She needs to be protective, secondly, I believe, concerning the heathen, the influences of the heathen. Again, a model mother will defend and fight for her children. As a, 
a mother cub, a mother bear will fight for her cubs. She'll defend, she'll fight against intruders, enemies that might seek to destroy or hurt her children. The devil is a roaring lion, seeketh who he may devour. She's going to be very protective towards her children. And Jacobin was, if you turn back to Exodus chapter 2, there was a decree out, and the decree was death to the boys. Well, one of the boys there was Moses, and Moses was to be put to death. Again, that was a government decree. And you see in chapter 1 there that these midwives wouldn't listen to this decree, and there were certainly de- different boys that, were, uh, that lived just like Moses lived. You see back there in Exodus chapter 1, verse number 7, it says, but they saved the men, children, alive. So there's some Israelite boys that got through, so to speak, along with those. Uh, again, Moses was there. And so we find, again, the first thing we see in the character or model of of Moses' mother there is she was a very protective kind of a mother. So she protected her children. But what happens here in the Bible is she can no longer protect them. You see this take place in Exodus chapter 2 and verse number 3. She hid her child three months, verse 2. Verse 3, and when she could no longer hide him, she took, him from, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And her sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And so the second thing I see in Jochebed in this model mother is she was a trusting mother. And I say she's a trusting mother because she could no longer hide him, so she had to come up with a different plan for Moses' life. And so she decided, I believe along with her husband, to take and put him in an ark. An ark in the bulrushes. This model mother is now going to trust God with her little Moses. She's going to trust God with her little Moses because she can no longer hide him. Why can't she hide them? Because little baby boys, they probably make a lot of noise after a while. I mean, have you ever heard an infant cry? (laughs) Of course you have. When they cry, when they first come out, it's pretty loud. But the first couple weeks after that, they're actually pretty quiet. Babies are pretty quiet. But as they get a little bit older, they get louder and louder. And they make more noise. And so she couldn't, again, protect him anymore. And so she's going to take this child and she's going to put him out in the waters. These are dangerous waters. These are waters, again, that he could be swallowed up by. Again, if someone, again, wasn't there to rescue him in time. So Jochebed trusts in God, watching over her child. This mother lets go. And I just want to mention this. Our children sometimes need to be set on an ark to be let go. In a sense, they go into an ark situation out in the world. Again, we trust in God as they go out in the world, as they grow up. This child was very young and was put in an ark because of the need to put him in an ark. But let's turn to Psalm chapter 62. Mothers must learn to trust God at times when they can no longer protect their children. She could no longer protect him. She could no longer hide him. What's she going to do? Well, she's going to have to trust God to be able to take care of him. 
and she puts together a plan, and they put together a plan that will allow for this child, hopefully, to live. Psalm 62, verse number 8 says this, Trust in Him at all times, ye people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. And so this mother, again, is put to a test. Turn back to Exodus there in chapter 2. Exodus 2, this mother is going to be tested in her trust in God. She can be tested also as this child is released and let go of. She's going to trust in her conscience. She's going to trust in the Lord uh, during this time. We pick up in verse 4, it says, And his his sister stood afar off to wit what should be done to him. Here's Miriam, his sister there, standing afar off, wondering what's going to happen to the little baby Moses. Baby Moses is just over three months old. What's going to happen to my little brother? And so I think also here, as we look at this mother here, she was also a training kind of a mother. In verse number five through verse number seven, we see this training, I believe, in in practice here. It says that, and the daughter of Pharaoh came to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him and said this is of the hebrews children then said his sister to pharaoh's daughter shall i go and call to thee a nurse of the hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee miriam came up on this idea all by herself i don't think she did i don't think she did i think her mom said you know what i'm going to do i'm going to send my young daughter out there hoping that again maybe this 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 lady will have compassion on him. And uh, so she did this. And, and this, this baby was put in a, little, in a little ark. It's interesting in the Bible, an ark was used to save the world there back in, in the time of Noah here. And an ark is used to save little Moses' life. But I believe she trained her child there and instructed her child there how she might help to save her brother. And so they find here in the Bible this, this girl by the name of Miriam goes to Pharaoh's daughter as she takes this child out of the water there as the baby wept there. And she says to, again, this lady there, she says, uh, shall I go and call uh, to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. A model mother training her children, training her child to be responsible, telling her child again to be able to help her brother in a time of crisis. It's interesting in the Bible that Miriam helped save Moses' life. Later on, Moses helps save Miriam's life when she's smitten with leprosy. Turn to Proverbs chapter 22. Was this a well-trained child? I believe it was a well-trained child. Some Uh, We don't know exactly how old she was, but probably around 10 years old at this time. And she was trained so that she could uh, help her brother in a time of crisis. And certainly, again, again, a a well-trained child will be able to help their brothers, sisters, whatever family they're placed in uh, during a time of difficulty or crisis. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. 
And so this model mother trained her child. Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 11. Let's read this also alongside with this. Proverbs 20, verse 11. It says, even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure or whether it be right. What would be the right thing to do with that little baby? Especially since it's your little brother. Well, suggest to this woman that I can get someone to nurse this child because a three-month-year-old baby needs milk and it needs a mother, someone to nurse it. And so this is suggested here. And so we see this woman in the Bible. She's a trusting mother. And uh, we also see in the Bible as we consider her, uh, she is also what I call a very wise and prudent mother. Getting back to our text here in Exodus chapter 2, she is wise and she is prudent. She took advantage, I believe, of a motherly instinct. I mean, she could have, in a sense, gave up. She could have gave the child up, etc. She did cry or scream or go crazy over this time where she could no longer hide her little boy here. She decided to put together a plan, a wise plan, a prudent plan, again, so that she might save him alive. She couldn't save him alive, but she, uh, again, decided that she could probably save him alive if she could, again, get some lady to hear this baby cry. Uh, look at verse number five. It says there, and the, and the daughter of Pharaoh came to wash herself in the river. So she came there to take a bath and her maidens walked by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maids to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child and behold, the babe wept and she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And so she was wise to know, you know, I'll leave this babe out there. Maybe someone will take care of him. And again, I, I, I just want to mention some things about motherhood. Sometimes motherhood can be very hard on mothers there. And so I just want to mention sometimes babies are left alone. They're left alone for someone else to take care of them. Sometimes there are very devastating stories about babies left alone even to die. In 2012, in Texas, there was a baby left behind. And again, someone ended up, again, fostering that child in 2012, and that child survived. Uh, again, there's a law now, again, it's an interesting law. I didn't know a lot about it. I've heard of it before, but the, a safe haven law. And again, all 50 states have safe haven laws. It's an unusual law. It was started not that many years ago, but in 1998 and 1999 in in North Dakota, there were two babies that died when someone left their child to die. And that's not a good thing, is it? So North Dakota and all 50 states now have safe haven laws. And that law, again, differs in different states, but again, a child under one years old in North Dakota can be brought to, say, a police department. They can be brought, under this one years old, they can be brought to a hospital, and if that child is alive and in good condition, a mother can leave that baby behind. And they'll take care of it. And they'll find someone to take care of it. And uh, you say, why do they have that? They have a safe haven law because there used to be sometimes babies just left to die. Sometimes buried. Sometimes hid. Sometimes, I don't even want to get into details, really bad situations, but left to die. 
And so they have a safe haven law here that basically if a mom, again, for whatever reason, uh, wants to take a baby and leave that baby behind in the care of um, authorities, not just left that, you know, a little basket in front of the church building or in front of the pastor's office or whatever it might be, or in front of relatives' home or maybe next door neighbor's house, etc. cetera, uh, you can get prosecuted for that. But again, there's a safe haven law which allows mothers maybe that aren't ready to have a child to leave a child behind for someone else to take care of. But again, it's kind of interesting that safe haven law is called the baby Moses law in some states. Isn't that kind of interesting? The baby Moses law. So someone can take care of them and save them alive. Uh, let's turn to Numbers. Well, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. A mother is, again, there to be protective. A mother is to be prudent. And I, I want to mention also not only wise and prudent, but also to be influential in a baby's life. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 23. Very little time did Moses have with his mother. Again, I don't know exactly how long his mother uh, nursed him and all those kind of things. Again, we can come up with different maybe timelines or ages along that lines. But uh, somehow, I, I believe the faith of the gospel, the faith of the Bible, the faith of the scripture was conveyed to him. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 23. Hebrews 11 verse 23, it says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing he who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he be destroyed, uh, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith he passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which Egyptians essayed to, to do and were drowned. And uh, we see Moses' faith. I just want to read about the faith of the parents there. Verse 23, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. As we look at Jochebed here tonight, I also want to mention not only was the mother there wise and prudent, but also you see here in the Bible that the mother was very influential in the life of Moses. That time of three months, that time that followed there, again, very short time, strongly must have been influenced by this mother. The Bible says there in verse number 24, Pharaoh's daughter who took care of him, certainly for those growing up years of his life, was left behind to follow the faith of his natural mother. The name Jochebed means his glory or the glory of Jehovah. And in all these three children, you see God do a work in their lives. Jochebed's children, all three, were used of God and continued in the truths of God. None of them perfect. We could talk about Aaron and how he again, made that golden calf. But Aaron turned out to be a high priest of Israel. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28. Aaron became a notable person in the Bible. He was, of, uh, again, of a line that 
uh, became the priestly line. And uh, let's turn to Exodus chapter 28 and just read a little bit about Aaron. Exodus chapter 28 and verse number uh, 4. Exodus 28, let me get there. Exodus 28, verse number uh, 4. Exodus 28, verse number 4, it says, And these are the garments which they made, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, an embroidered coat, a miter, a girdle, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, and his sons, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And so through Aaron, you have the priesthood. He certainly is one of the notable men in the Bible. Certainly he wasn't perfect, wasn't born of perfect parents, wasn't a perfect child, etc. But Aaron fouled in the truth. He continued in the truth. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 7, if you would. Just back up here a little bit in the Bible here. Exodus chapter 7. Two special sons born of Jochebed. Exodus chapter 7 and uh, verse number uh, 6 there. Exodus chapter 7, verse number 6. It says, And Moses spake unto, and the, sorry, and the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto thee, say, Show a miracle to thee, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod and cast it on the ground, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went unto Pharaoh, and they did as the Lord commanded them. And Aaron cast down the rod before Pharaoh and before his serpents, and it became a serpent. And when Pharaoh also called his wise men, the uh, sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt, they also in a like manner did with their enchantments. And they cast down every man his rod, and they became uh, serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. He hardened Pharaoh's heart. And so we see these two brothers, Aaron and Moses. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. From Jochebed came Aaron. From Jochebed came Moses. From Jochebed came Miriam. Exodus chapter 15, verse number 20. Exodus 15, 20. It says, And, and Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dance. And Miriam answered and said, Singing to the Lord, for he hath triumphed glory, and the horse and his rider hath thrown down into the sea. So his brother brought Israel uh, from the Red Sea, and they went out in the wilderness, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And so you find here in the Bible, Miriam, again, helping out here, uh, with the, the children of Israel also, Aaron and Miriam being leaders, and her being a leader also there. Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. Again, the, the story of Jochebed is one of producing godly children. Not perfect children, but godly children. Children that follow God, that follow after the truths of God, that may well have done things that weren't perfect or right. They got in trouble, just like all kids get in trouble. But uh, Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. And so you see the relationship that Moses had with the Lord. And uh, Moses had a relationship with the Lord. Aaron had a uh, relationship with the Lord. And Miriam had a relationship, no doubt, with the Lord. 
Again, a mother who cared for her children was, again, someone, again, who sought to bring glory to God through her life and through her children, brought into this world three special children, three leaders in the Bible. Let's turn to the little book of Micah. Again, one of the little minor prophets we know about there towards the end of the Old Testament after the, again, the major prophets. You have the minor prophets, Ezekiel. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, and uh, Micah there. Let's get there, Jonah. And then Micah, Micah chapter 6 and verse number 4. All mothers have the ability to influence their children. They may not turn out to be presidents or inventors or whatever it might be in life, but they can bring about a godly Legacy, Micah chapter 6 and verse number 4, the Bible speaks of these three again here. Micah chapter 6, verse number 4, it says, and I, For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servants. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. He used these three children to help the people of God come out of Israel. Most people don't remember the name Jochebed. It doesn't ring a bell. If I ask people in general who was Moses and Aaron and Miriam's mom, most people probably wouldn't be able to answer that. But hopefully you know that here tonight. Jochebed is a shining example of what a good and godly mother should be like. She is, first of all, protective. She is, second of all, trusting. She is one that has wisdom. And she's one who is influential. Let's turn to 2 John chapter 2. She is one that helps her children to be led towards the truth. None of us can take our children and make them embrace the truth, believe the truth, be saved by grace. But she, again, was able to, again, lead her children towards the truth. And they did follow her in the truth, just like we looked at this morning with Timothy and his grandmother and mother. Second uh, John chapter 4, the Bible says, I rejoice greatly that I found thy children walking the truth as they have received the commandment of the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we have from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that we should have heard from the beginning, that we should walk in it. And so... These children walking after the truth. This lady walking after the truth. And these children walking after the truth. And we see this all also in the life of Jochebed. Again, a good mother there. From her, uh, from her family, there was a prophet that all of us know about, and just about all the world knows about, the prophet Moses, a priest that was born. Again, Aaron. And a prophetess. And also a singer. There, Miriam, which we find her uh, sing there after they go through, again, the Red Sea. But uh, again, we see here the influence of a model mother. And uh, let me encourage you to be a model mother if you're a mother. All right, let's close as we consider the Word of God here tonight.